welcome back to my show <laughs> it feels cool to say um do you guys remember i think it was on disney channel and there was something that was like the blink and blake show and it was like these cartoons and it was like do 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 okay oh, wait, it wasn't the amanda show that's what i just started singing wait what was that cartoon oh whatever i can't find it i'm literally searching on google i hate when you can't find something that you're like you can specifically see an image in your head and you can't figure out the words like the correct the right keywords to search on google and you just like can't find them but do you guys know on tiktok whenever those tiktoks pop up of like deep disney or like nickelodeon memories deeply rooted in your brain and it plays like this really creepy music and it's like look at these like deep rooted i literally just said that but deep these deep deep dark memories root okay <laughs> i can't think of like other words right now but like you know what i'm talking about those videos like really creepy music and it shows like weird objects or like snacks or shows that you quote unquote forgot about and it's like really weird like deeply <laughs> deeply hidden in your memory whatever it would probably be on one of those videos anyway um so i'm just curious if anyone else feels this way and i am not sure the age range of my listeners i want to say most of you are probably in your 20s maybe your early 30s but i'm curious to know how often you guys experience having thoughts that would be associated with a quarter-life crisis <laughs> because sometimes I just like wake up in the morning and it's usually when I have to wake up and go to work and I don't have time to like work out or meditate or like do anything I just have to make my breakfast get dressed go to work and it's like very quick and sometimes when I get in the car like on the way to work I start having like all these weird thoughts about like you know I'm not I'm not doing enough or like am I on the right path and I'm just wondering if you guys experience the same kind of things because it's so annoying and you start you start like spiraling a little bit in your head like on this drive to work or you know whatever if you're having these thoughts throughout the day and yeah it really sucks because yeah there might be like a little bit of truth in them but I feel like they're all just just a little exaggerated and I'm wondering if it's from like stress or like tiredness or like it's just weird okay you know like the saying like oh did you woke up on the wrong side of the bed today like sometimes you really just wake up and you really unprovoked be having like these weird thoughts and like you're kind of upset or like depressed and like what is this mood regulation thing i mean i guess sorry e-regulation in this case but i guess it's like hormones or maybe it's the fact that you didn't do something the day before like you're off track i don't know it's so weird and i'm really curious to why we have different moods i I'm not like diagnosed with anything like I'm I'm not like bipolar I don't have any mood disorders but I feel like as a normal I don't think normal is even real but as a normal person uh with like average mental health I don't really know if it's average <laughs> but with like regulated mental health I'm just interested to know why we have like these mood variations and like what triggers like different moods anyway super interesting and wondering if any of you listeners feel the same
Something though I am working on more is the fact that like we are not our thoughts and I'm really just trying to be like an observer of my thoughts and to realize that sometimes I'm not always controlling my thoughts and I just have to view them and have grace with myself and just be like kind to myself when I'm having these thoughts and not like believe all of those things. Okay, anyway, so today's topic is soulmates. The myth of soulmates actually comes from Greek mythology. Of course, humans were originally created with four arms, four legs, and a head with two faces. Fearing their power, Zeus split them into two separate parts, condemning them to spend lives in search for their other halves. <laughs> that is so sweet, though. Like, aww, you know? <laughs> there isn't a scientifically gr- agreed upon definition for soulmate, but humans are in a small club in the animal kingdom that can form long-term relationships. So actually, according to the dictionary, the definition of a soulmate is a person who is perfectly suited to another in temperament. So that's kind of a good summary, but it doesn't really dig deep into soulmate connections. A soulmate is someone who completely understands you and loves you unconditionally. It's a meeting of minds and an undeniable connection. It's the person you can be your true self with and never worry about saying or doing the wrong thing. A soulmate relationship is one of total trust, respect, forgiveness, and contribution. Many people spend their lives wondering, are soulmates real? When do you find yours, you'll know. Also, I think that soulmates, sometimes people think that you just have one soulmate or this is the person you are going to be romantically involved with for the rest of your life. I personally think you have many soulmates and many people who are connected to you in that way. Like, I know that my best friend is my soulmate because literally, like what I just said, like we have a total understanding of one another and respect and forgiveness and contribution. Like, I know that girl and she knows me and we see each other and we have very alike minds. Although we're different, we just... Oh, we just get each other. We just get each other. The soulmate connection isn't temporary. It goes beyond initial chemistry and quote unquote love at first sight. To create lasting passion does take commitment and work. And when you're past the honeymoon stage, you will really learn to answer the question, what's a soulmate? Your soulmate, in a romantic sense, is a life partner willing to fight for your relationship. Wait, actually, no, this could be a friend too, actually. Okay, so a life partner willing to fight for your relationship through all of life's ups and downs It's an extraordinary relationship that takes time, passion, and dedication. So, 56 of Americans believe, yes, soulmates are real. And nearly 20% aren't sure. And a quarter says, no, they don't exist. So, there is no concrete scientific definition of a soulmate. And the truth is that it's not important really whether soulmates are real or not but I feel like it's what what you believe is real like do you believe this person is your soulmate because your beliefs really do create your world and if you believe that soulmates are real that is going to affect how you go about looking for love building relationships being in relationships friendships like kind of adds up okay like always I am reading some articles and referencing some things I've found on soulmates So apparently there are four types of soulmates and I'm going to talk about 
who they are. So of course we have the romantic soulmates. This is the type of soulmate that is the stuff of the storybooks. This is remarkable. This is uncommon. This is like one in a million, you know, and there is a deep sense of emotional and physical pleasure. So it's not like a normal hot relationship there's also the experience of true love so you feel as though you have a sense of sharing the same soul and finally feel complete physically and mentally they also experience each other's happiness and pain thus making this type of soul connection a great gift and a great responsibility yeah that seems like a lot like in a great way an amazing way but also it could be hard too if you're like constantly you know feeling each other's pains and stuff too but that can that's also like beautiful okay the next one is a soul partner so unlike the deep romantic love felt in the previous soul connection this is like a friend like i said it's like the person you haven't seen for years yet as soon as you're together is it it's as if no time has passed and you are never apart a soul partner feels like a a part of your life as if any family member and you're always on the same page you've been traveling through eternity together and during each successive lifetime you'll never allow yourselves to drift too far apart that's really sweet like to think about that maybe you've lived other lives together and you always find each other and you'll find each other the next life too it's really sweet okay and then we have the karmic soulmate connections so this is a soulmate connection that's based on individuals involved sharing a common mission. So they are destined to change the world in some way, whether on a small or large scale. You may be different types of people that, and you might disagree on many things, yet you are in this life to face a common challenge and attain the same life goals and long-term success. While this type of soul connection doesn't require any love or intimacy, it's a healthy relationship based on respect, truth, and overcoming a common challenge. Interesting. I feel like I actually am thinking of one person that I might have this with. That we just like relate so much and we both have the same ideas and we question everything and we want to change the world in some way and we want our ideas to be made and shown and interesting. We have amazing conversations because we just bounce off each other. And we're always surprising each other. And wow, interesting. Okay. And then, of course, we have the twin flames. Twin flames are different than soulmates. A twin flame occurs when one soul has been cut in half and the two halves seek to reunite. So the idea of a twin flame relationship is actually based on a theosophical teaching that God created androgynous souls that were equally male and female. After playing around on earth, these souls ended up being split into two after incurring karmic debt. Since then, their journey has been in search to find the other half and reconnect. Though soulmates and twin flames share some similarities, the main difference is that soulmates are already complete spirits and therefore cannot be twin flames. Wow. Wow. See, I used to think that my best friend now was my twin flame, but I kind of feel like she's my soulmate. I mean, actually, maybe she is my twin flame. I don't know because let me see something really quick because I feel like sometimes when we're not on the same synchronicity, we can feel it. Like we can tell when our lives are ebbing and flowing, but I'm wondering if that's also the same. Can you experience that with your soulmate? Okay. So it says, let's see. Oh, okay. So when I, when I said the thing about the Greek myth in the beginning of the story, that 
was the twin flame connection that Zeus split everyone in half dividing their souls and the souls spent their lives searching for one another when they finally meet it's a twin flame connection so it's a type of soulmate but it is not your soulmate so your twin flame is a mirror image of you the yin to your yang they reflect our weaknesses and insecurities and shine a light on our darkest part because of this a twin flame relationship can foster self-discovery and bring tremendous emotional growth it's genuine true love see okay now i'm like wondering if me and my best friend are twin flames or soulmates i don't know interesting interesting Okay, I got a little bit more of like what makes them different. While twin flames are thought to be one soul split into two bodies, soulmates are simply two separate souls that are extraordinarily linked. On top of that, twin flame relationships can quickly become toxic, unlike a soulmate connection. In a twin flame relationship, your twin flame may mirror your own issues, unhealthy habits, or imbalances. In addition, when twin flames are apart, they may have a hard time functioning. You may also end up defining your self-worth by the relationship. This makes them great for encouraging growths and awakenings, but again, difficult to make work in the long time. Soulmate relationships are often more stable, noting that a soulmate is a person ideally suited as a life partner or close friend okay so now that i've discovered this i say that we are soulmates we're not twin flames because i believe that we are two fully developed souls that are coming together to be interlinked i don't think that we necessarily are each other like i'm her half and she's my half if that makes sense but it does say that both twin flames and soulmates are a part of your destiny and often feel like home. And when you meet your soulmate or twin flame, you feel like this is a person you were destined to be with and you feel like you can be yourself around them. This is because you've known both your soulmate and your twin in a past life. Oh, that's so cool. Like, I really want to know about my past lives. When I was a little, I used to feel more memory or something of a past life. Like, now I'm not so sure what's memory or like imagination. Uh, not like everything in my life but when I think about if I've lived other lives when I was younger I feel like I used to drive to certain areas or neighborhoods and I felt like I had been there before with a different family like in a different life and so I think one time I I think I was like 10 or 11 and I thrifted at Goodwill this CD that um was how to discover your past lives and me and my friend literally laid there with our eyes closed and there was some like hypnosis cd and talked to us about how to discover our past lives but i think we were too impatient we couldn't sit still but yeah i don't know what everyone believes here but i do believe in reincarnation and i do believe that our souls travel to different bodies after we're gone and I believe in past lives and I think that I have lived other lives now I do think that I'm a newer soul when I was growing up adults would always tell me that I had an old soul but I think that that's just because I'm an only child and I really was I do have a half brother but essentially I grew up alone and I think I just maybe seemed more mature because I was 
just hanging out with my parents all the time so I think that's why they said I was an old soul but now I've had two people tell me that I was a new soul which first I got kind of offended <laughs> when someone told me that because I was like no I'm an old soul like I've been told that my whole life but no I kind of think I am a new soul newer I think that I've lived a few lives but I I don't know because I'm just very I'm a very curious person obviously <laughs> and I feel like curiosity comes like a lot of young a lot of young people are curious I mean even as you grow older I think I hope that I'm still curious but anyway and then I had a I had an astrology reader tell me that I'm a new soul okay this this part in the article kind of trips me up because it kind of makes me a bit anxious okay it says that your twin flame is hard to find and very few people will meet theirs <laughs> but it doesn't mean you won't find the love of your life in your soulmate it's a soulmate that makes the very best partner they support us and make us feel good but you know I also am a strong believer in everything is meant to be and your journey is your is your unique journey and like everything that's meant for you will happen so I'm I'm assuming that if you're not meant to meet your twin flame maybe it would mean that that was going to be a toxic friendship or relationship so it could be like the universe looking out for you but it's kind of interesting to think about oh there might be a twin flame out there that I haven't met yet that's so crazy also just the way that life works and the way that we meet people sometimes by chance or I don't believe in chance, but <laughs> it's very interesting to me how you meet people and then it's almost like this little foreshadow into your life. Like you don't even know what it's going to unfold into or like the relationships that you could have by like you talking to someone one day in a cafe and then like five years later, that's like your best friend. Like that's so cool to me that these little these little moments that your body is telling you talk to this person or they talk to you and you're like you just feel this inclination to like keep talking to them and then you like stay in touch or like whatever it's just so cool to me and yes sometimes I think you could go down a rabbit hole if you think about like oh you know I'm gonna stay in this weekend and then you feel guilty about staying in because you didn't go out to meet people that could potentially be your husband or your wife or your best friend and yes that is possible but it also I also think that maybe just wasn't the time like maybe your potential husband was out at a place maybe you were gonna go to but you decided to stay in that night maybe you'll meet him another time another day a different scenario like I really think that life just works out the way it's supposed to and to really just like be in the flow of things but last year in April I met this girl actually it was actually Coachella weekend but I didn't go to Coachella I just went to like some of the parties and we were at this party during the day and my friend started talking to this girl and I was like so tired like I was just like kind of sitting next to them and then my friend kind of wrote me into the conversation and then it was like pretty it was a pretty interesting conversation and I started talking to the girl we got her information you know she was like really sweet and we vibed and whatever so then a few months later she invited me to a party and I met some other people there it was really fun nothing happened yet like we were still like 
you know, friends. And then a few months after that, hung out with her again. And then she introduced me to someone else. And now that person she introduced me to, I'm like really good friends with. And we really get along so well. And it's so crazy that I ne- if I never would have spoken to her at that event, maybe I wouldn't be friends with this person now who like means a lot in my life. But also it's like, maybe I would have met her a different way. Like, I do think that sometimes when you don't go to certain opportunities, like you somehow meet that person a different way than you thought you were going to meet them. Like, you know how people will say like, right person, wrong time. I wholeheartedly believe in that because sometimes you are just not capable or ready to accept someone or maybe the same for them. Maybe they're not ready for you or... They still need to learn a few things in their souls and like these life lessons they still need to learn before they're in a partnership with you. So that is something to keep your mind at ease if you feel like, oh, why haven't I found my soulmate or my twin flame or like the special connection person? It's because I just think like maybe it's not the right time yet. Okay, so then we have the question of do soulmates always end up together? So this article says, yes. Soulmates often end up together, but that doesn't mean they will stay together. And that's because many soulmate relationships have karmic agendas. And once that criteria is met, each soulmate will move on to their next lesson. (laughs) What? That is so cool. Okay, we're going to get into that karmic agendas. Let's just talk about karma for a second. What? is the definition i mean i know what karma is but let's find out what the real definition so karma karma actually comes from hinduism and buddhism and is the sum of a person's action in this and previous states of existence viewed as deciding their fate in future existences so the informal definition is destiny or fate following as effect from cause so you know how sometimes people will say like what goes around comes around and oh like you're gonna get bad karma from cutting someone off in traffic or talking shit about someone or you're gonna get good karma because you just gave the person behind you in the starbucks line you just paid for their meal or you know you are giving money to a charity or maybe you're helping a homeless person and it's like this these this good energy this kindness that you're spreading is like gonna come back to you in your life that's like the idea of karma so if you're a believer in karma you may know a thing or two like i just said but there are karmic lessons that are themes and situations that maybe we didn't learn from or mishandled in the past often represented in relationships or repetitive patterns and scenarios so these karmic lessons will keep reappearing in our lives until we learn something from them while each karmic lesson is unique some of the common themes include how you relate to yourself and others how you love, how you express self-worth, and how you let go. So these are the signs that maybe you are receiving a karmic lesson if you're repeatedly in situations that bring up the same theme. So if you constantly find yourself in situations that push the same buttons or triggers, it might be a sign that there's a lesson to learn there. So something I'm thinking about is I really struggle with impatience. And I'm really trying, working on it, like when I'm waiting in line or when I, it's pretty much like when you're waiting, waiting in line to get your prescription at the pharmacy, waiting in a drive-thru, where else do you do your waiting? I don't know, but 
I'll, I'm impatient a lot and I'm really trying to work on it and trying to just like be calm and like there's nothing you can do about it. Okay, number two, red flags and repeated patterns. So do you face many of the same issues in your friendships or in romantic relationships, whether you're attracting narcissists or overcoming your attachment style? Um, it's often a karmic lesson when we find ourselves in relationships or circumstances full of red flags and repeated behaviors. So I think that I, I think I may have mentioned this in the bad boy episode. I think that there is a lesson that I, a few lessons that I need to learn. Um, one of them being not going after fuck boys. Okay. (laughs) Like toxic boys. Um, I think I'm learning that one for sure. I'm learning what I deserve and what I'll put up with. But recently there was a lesson that I feel like came up and I didn't, I didn't learn it. I didn't learn my lesson. And I'm like, okay, so do you think that maybe once I learn that lesson, like a, wait a sec, I just thought of that. Oh my God. Maybe if I learn that lesson and stop going after or putting any energy into like the fuck boy maybe my soulmate will come like maybe a good guy will come because the universe is like okay Layla you learned your lesson and now we're gifting you oh my god (gasps) I just thought about that okay that's something to think about (laughs) okay number three you're being forced to face your fears so are you afraid of commitment are you afraid to be by yourself are you afraid of expressing yourself Karmic lessons might lie in the situations and relationships that bring up your worst fears. And lastly, number four is you feel hypercritical. So if there's a lesson that you're avoiding, it could cause you to feel hypercritical about your beliefs, your choices, and your habits. And that's why it's so important to fully embrace embrace karmic lessons and integrate them into your life. So firstly, you need to align with your values. You need to be clear about your role in each situation and take accountability for yourself and your actions and to live a life for yourself because only we can truly know what's best for us on our path and you know we need to constantly work on finding our own happiness and appreciate also what is going on well in our lives to appreciate self-compassion and practice self-love and I think that when, when you start to really love yourself and trust yourself we become stronger and we have faith in ourselves and we no longer allow for things that we won't settle for and I feel like that is learning a big lesson if you've listened to my psychic episode I talked a little bit about intuition so strengthening your independence and your intuition can also better align you with your truth that way you can face your karmic lessons head-on and you can stop the cycle soul lessons are never easy and we need to trust that they're the ones we're meant to learn Trust that these lessons are playing out as they should. So here's a little quote for you guys. Approach your life journey with a student mindset and see earth as a classroom. You are always learning and growing. Cosmic lessons are always at work in our life. Ah, I love that. I really do. Okay, so now that we've learned a little bit about karma and karmic lessons, that makes a little bit of sense about how soulmates function. So for example, I... And putting my parents on blast. Um, both of my parents are Virgos. Interesting. Okay. They both have fire moons and they both have water risings. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So I'm wondering 
I don't think they're twin flames. I think that they are soulmates, but their agenda's over. And I'm saying this because when I was a teenager, they got divorced and they're no longer together, but they are still on good terms. And I think that they were in each other's lives for a reason. Obviously, they had a me, their daughter, and I am their blessing. And obviously, they were meant to be because I was meant to come in this world. Um, but, you know, their season ended. Their karmic agenda was to the next. And I think that hopefully they, them two as separate individuals can both find their next soulmate. I feel like a big problem with the soulmate theory is that each of us only has one person in the world meant for us, which I just don't think is true. Like, I just, there are so many people out there with so many unique souls and things that can be so beautiful and people who can even be like similar to others or also completely opposite and like things that we see in people that we never even knew that we were looking for and I just I just don't believe that we only have one soulmate but this article is saying something different so we are going to share this opinion as well so it says if people can identify their soulmate by looking deeply into their eyes then your chance of success will depend on how many strangers you make eye contact with every day assuming we each lock eyes with a dozen strangers per day and 10% are close to our age. Monroe, who I don't know who Monroe is, but he estimates you would gaze into the eyes of approximately 50,000 potential soulmates during a lifetime. So this is where the numbers get tough. Given half a billion potential soulmates, your chance of finding your true love is one in 10,000. He speculates on the consequences of such a world where a vast majority will remain alone. Jobs where workers meet large number of strangers daily, such as being a cashier or a Times Square police officer, would be highly coveted. A world of random soulmates, he concludes, would be a lonely one. Let's hope that's not what we live in. But perhaps the numbers are not as grim as for you personally. If you have a more outgoing personality and are employed in one of the people facing positions that he described, then the odds can tip much more in your favor. So conceivably, you could lock eyes with hundreds of people per day, which would amount to 500,000 in a lifetime. Wow, which reduces the odds to meeting your soulmate to one in 1,000. Still not brilliant, but at least far more favorable. Gosh, guys, I don't know. You know, I mean, I just think that you're going to be destined to meet each other. Like, you will find each other. And it sounds really stressful to think about Oh, I have to meet 10,000 people. I have to lock eyes with 500,000 people to find my person, blah, blah, blah. I just don't think so. I just really don't think so. I think that they're literally going to stumble in your life and it's going to be like, whoa, what? The truth also is that you might have already crossed paths with your soulmate. But since you two weren't ready yet for each other, the universe chose to let the chance pass by. I really believe in this. I really do. Like so wholeheartedly. I think a lot of it has to do with, like, healing yourself. This show really is about healing yourself, huh? I feel like I'm always talking about this. But really, like, making valuable changes in your lifestyle. And truly, I think this this increases the chance of finding your soulmate. Because hopefully that person is also healed. If you're truly working on a path of being healed... When I say being healed, I'm talking about doing self-work, knowing your flaws, knowing 
I don't know how to be compassionate towards others, listening to others. Like we all, we're all fucked up. Okay. We all have issues. We all, whatever, but to be self-aware of that and to constantly just bettering yourself, you know, growing, just being open to that, learning the karmic lessons of the universe. I think the universe is like, okay, you're ready now for this. And sometimes you don't feel ready. I know they always say, when you least expect it, the person's going to come around. Like, okay, I don't know about that yet because I haven't found a person like that in like a long time. So I'm like, okay, when I least expect it, like, all right, I'm not expecting it. So come on. (laughs) But you know what I mean? I think a really important factor in finding your soulmate is through self-love, baby. We only can truly love another another person when we have when we truly love ourselves and to be so full of self-doubt and so concerned about what others think of us I feel like we tend to forget that the only one that truly matters like is ourselves I feel like a lot of people shame or look down or don't like dating apps because it's kind of like picking your fate a bit what if you swipe left on your soulmate and you don't even know because you just didn't like his profile like whatever whatever I mean like I said I think you'll probably meet him if it's meant to be but I do see how like some people don't like that like they would rather meet organically and I get it maybe they're on the app and it's like the same way that you're meant to meet like they message you you message them you meet it's amazing they're your soulmate like I don't think it's that deep in the way that like a, a dating app isn't going to affect it too much I feel like but I do know that dating apps can get tiring because I'm already kind of like annoyed right now like I am working on this first date episode but I've just been like in a mood where like I I say like a lot I just am so turned off from going on the dates because the first dates are so just oh my god I mean listen I'm making a whole episode on it but now that we've talked about soulmates something else that has been on my mind a lot recently is the idea of marriage and a lifelong partner I feel like when I was little I didn't I remember hearing of people saying that they didn't believe in marriage or I don't know yeah they didn't believe in marriage and I was like that's stupid like why don't you believe in marriage like I didn't understand But now, as I've gotten older, I kind of, like, understand it a bit. I'm just speaking for myself here at 23 years old, single, living alone. I don't know what my opinion will be when I have a boyfriend or, like, I meet someone with that type of love and partnership. But right now, I'm kind of thinking, like, I've never been the type of person that planned their wedding or dreamt about my wedding dress my wedding ring like I've never really I've never really idolized that now all that to say I am still a glamorous experiential theatrical person and when the time comes if I do get married that'll be a production don't know if it'll be a small little thing a big grand thing I don't know but it will be memorable and iconic even if I don't get married, even if I have a, if a, uh, a party or a ceremony or whatever, it'll be amazing. Anyway, here's why I'm questioning it. Sometimes when we put labels on things. Now, I'm not talking about when you're in a situationship and they're like, I don't want to put a label on it. Like, no, fuck that. I'm over situationships. Like, if you want to date me, you're going to ask me to be your girlfriend. 
So I don't mean that in that way. And okay, I'm kind of speaking as I'm thinking. So some of these are like not all the way formulated or I'm still kind of indecisive about marriage. But basically, I was talking to my friends the other day in my group chat and I was just saying about how like when you put a title on something or when you make something legally binding, like a marriage with someone and legally that person is your husband or wife, I feel like subconsciously to the both of you it adds like some sort of pressure now you guys really gotta make this work you guys really have to stick together if you have a child like now you're really bound to each other and you've made this commitment and something about that is a little scary and i'm wondering statistically if people who stay together their whole lives but don't get married and they just are lifelong partners if they are happier if they have more of a rate of staying together if they I don't know do financially better I have no clue what I'm saying but um yeah I'm just really interested in if having the legal papers to be married to someone changes your relationship now I think that it'd be really hot to have a husband like that would be hot it would be fun for like a year, a couple years, whatever. But I'm just wondering, like, does there come a time where I get sick of the person? <sighs> like, what if, okay, I just don't want to get divorced in my life. But also, I feel like I have to be okay with the fact that literally what I just said earlier to you guys off that article was that some soulmates are meant to be soulmates, but then they don't end up together because their karmic agendas end. And basically what I'm trying to say is sometimes... I have little hope. I have little hope for lasting love. I do believe that all relationships are work and you have to continue to work at it together and maybe you re-fall in love with each other. But yeah, I'm just wondering like, is it better to not add the legalities of marriage to something? Because then, okay, imagine this. like, Imagine you are married to someone for, I don't know, five years, 10 years. Let's say 10 years. You married to someone for 10 years. So let's say there's something comes up where, you know, it's an, some, they do something to you that's enough to want to leave them. I feel like some people stay in marriages because they're married, because they think that because they're married, it's like super tra- traditional way of thinking that they have to stay in it. I do, like, I literally just said that you do have to work on relationships and like yes people fuck up and make mistakes but how much work does it require because you can't keep working at something that is like draining you and tiring you gosh i don't know love it just seems so complicated and i feel like it's supposed to be easy and effortless (laughs) and i think that there are periods where it is Hmm. I don't know, but I feel like what I'm trying to say is that having the marriage title, I feel like sometimes makes it harder for people to deal with the issues that come up in in a marriage rather than if that's just your lifelong partner. One, you could just break up with them or you can like still work on it and there's not this, I don't know though, is, is it all just like in your head? Is putting marriage, the marriage title on it just something we've made up as a society kind of i mean it's literally just doing something legal and making like you know 
they be obligated to get things if you pass away or if you get divorced like whatever it's all just a construct we've created i don't know guys i just think about it all the time recently like people who have affairs or cheat on people or people with wandering eyes partners that still like flirt with the opposite sex like while they're with their boyfriend or girlfriend or husband or wife i just am wondering that's my whole thing is like do we really have one soulmate if i'm gonna be with someone in a long-term partnership a thousand percent i'm gonna be loyal to that person i don't agree with cheating or anything like that and i expect that person to be loyal to me as well but it's like i was listening to this other podcast about this scenario this girl called in and said that she is in a very happy loving relationship with her boyfriend of like five years but recently she was at the gym and this hot guy started like talking to her and kind of flirting with her and she said that it got her kind of like excited and she didn't tell the guy that she had a she had a boyfriend and he wasn't like saying anything too much but he was just being nice to her or whatever and then she said she started like getting excited to go to the gym to like see this guy and she felt really guilty about it because she was like you know I wouldn't want my boyfriend to be doing this I don't know what I should do she was like should I tell the guy I have a boyfriend like I just feel really guilty about it even though it's something that's kind of like making me excited and I think they ended up telling her like yeah you should tell the guy you have a boyfriend and like you should just say like you just want to be friendly or whatever which yeah I agree when we have those feelings when she has that feeling of seeing this new hot guy in her gym like her feeling that is her truth it's not wrong you can't really help sometimes your feelings so i'm wondering what is the right thing to do do you tell your partner like hey i saw this guy and i got these feelings and i just want to let you know like maybe is there something in our relationship we need to work on like am i lacking something here with our relationship do you need to are you not giving me something I don't know. I don't even know if that's appropriate to like bring up, but I do think that open communication is always so important. And yeah, I'm just wondering, like, I think, I don't know. I feel like I'm kind of biased though because I've experienced being around relationships, um, even with my parents and stuff or like my close friends who have been in relationships that end or someone cheats on someone. I mean, I was cheated on in my relationship uh when I was 18 and didn't even know about the cheating until months after we broke up and so that was like really (laughs) I was really in the dark about that one and it was felt like the whole thing was a lie you know I don't think so I don't think it was a lie but it's like what makes people do that and is there such thing as like really having a fairy tale relationship where you are with this person for life and it's always amazing or I guess it's not always amazing but there's no cheating or infidelity or anything like that I'm just wondering is that possible you know I guess I will find out in my lifetime okay thanks for listening to my little segment on marriage because that topic has really been on my mind so much lately just I don't know because I feel like I'm growing up and I'm having different beliefs and ideas and whatever. I'm definitely not thinking about getting married anytime soon because yeah, there's no one to marry right now. But uh, yeah, who knows? Okay, so I want to end this on. I do believe in soulmates, and I do believe with that we have more than one soulmate, and I think that we don't have to be with a soulmate for life. 
and it might just be for a season and a reason, but I am holding on to the fact, or I am holding on to a hope that there might be someone out there that you really do end up with eternally, like you end your life with them, and maybe in the next life you find each other again, and that's something so special and beautiful about that. Okay, so I want to ask you guys a question from We're Not Really Strangers. You know, I'm experimenting still with the podcast. I'm going to like kind of hop between how we end these, uh, if it's going to be a dig deeper segment or if it's going to be what's on my mind curiosity wise. Okay, so Okay, (laughs) I had that one be a little more positive and like more happier. Okay, what do I want to prioritize for myself in the coming months? Okay, so guys, what do you want to prioritize for yourself in the coming months? Let's think about this for a minute. Okay, I really, by the end of this year... I really would love to prioritize. I want to prioritize my likes and opinions. Like, I want to stop worrying so much about what others think of my ability, my talent, my personality, whatever. I really want to, like, own myself and not look for the validation anymore and, like, really be this fucking woman. I actually recently got a neck tattoo that says, be this woman. And you know what? You know what? Actually, we're going to end the podcast with me sharing this quote with you guys because it's actually something that that really did change my life. It's actually kind of cool that a quote can do that, but it was kind of more than a quote. This quote kind of spiraled off this whole movement of just being like a divine woman. And I started the year at the Dita Von New Year's Eve special show of her doing a burlesque show with my two friends. It was amazing. So feminine and empowering and just like, just such a good way to start the year. And so this is the quote. This quote was given to me by my mom. She got me like this little book and this was the quote on um, the like bookmark. A woman empowered by love, power, and wisdom, enriched by her knowing guided by her intuition, supported by her divinity. Be this woman. Enrich your life by knowing more, by being and sharing more of who you really are. On that note, I wish you all a very amazing weekend. I hope that you get everything that you want to get done this weekend. I hope that you get rest if that's what you want to do this weekend. I hope that you see your friends if you want to do that. I hope that if you want to stay alone, you get to stay alone. Remember to set your boundaries with people in your life. (laughs) Remember to self-care. And thank you guys so much for listening and supporting. Love you. See you next week. Bye. Bye.